3: If you work in IT, you'll want to check out Changemakers, a podcast profiling IT industry leaders. We dive deep into IT profiles and learn what it takes to drive large-scale IT transformations for successful businesses. Visit changemakers.freshworks.com. If you work in IT, you'll want to check out Changemakers, a podcast profiling IT industry leaders. We dive deep into IT profiles and learn what it takes to drive large-scale IT transformations for successful businesses. Visit changemakers.freshworks.com. Thunderstruck.
1: You ready to check your feelings at the door?
0: Check it out. Check it out.
1: This is Am I Reister or Am I Wrong? We're bringing you facts
4: and only the truth
5: now. Am
4: I Reister or am I wrong? Am I Reister or am I wrong? The college football playoff committee put out their third iteration of their rankings and... At the end of it, I felt like I was being gaslit for the second week in a row. The Staples Center is changing its name to Crypto.com, and this feels illegal. Um, There was a list of the top 10 female singers of all time. It was absolutely ridiculous. So we're going to give you the actual truth. Um, The Kyle Rittenhouse trial is going... Uh, The jury is deliberating and um, but there is a bigger question. I was asked, why does this matter to black people so much? And I will explain to you why. And Laura Ingram uh, gets trolled or is she trolling us on the best of social media? I'm George Reister. He's Ralph Amsden. And this is Reister or wrong. The intersection where sports, business, society and pop culture meet the truth absolute fire on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays facts. Only make sure you check your feelings at the door because no BS is allowed. We keep it 100. Uh, we also need you to make sure that you share the podcast, share it, leave a five-star rating, tell a friend about it. If you're watching it on YouTube, thumbs up, like it, share it, leave a comment, all of those things. They are all great to keep growing the show. And you guys, you can always get a hold of us, 818-293-7547. It's 818-293-7547. Or you can shoot us an email. I'm mad, I-M-M-A-D, at unafraidshow.com. All right. So, Ralph, the beginning, the College Football Playoff Committee, put out their rankings. You have Georgia 1, Alabama 2, Oregon 3, Ohio State 4, Cincinnati 5, Michigan 6, Michigan State 7, Notre Dame 8, Oklahoma State 9, and Wake Forest 10. Did they get it right?
5: I mean, the easy answer is no, right? Because uh, especially if you're using your standard of head-to-head needs to be the end-all be-all, then they continue to have issues with Michigan and Michigan State. And it's hard to take it seriously unless that's rectified. Um I think that they, they were proven correct, maybe having Oklahoma being the lowest ranked undefeated team. I think the distance that they dropped Oklahoma, especially behind Wake Forest, kind of surprised me a little bit. Um, but I think we're officially down to nine. We I, I think we had it at 10 last week, and now there are nine legitimate contenders for, for four spots because I draw the line at Wake Forest. I don't think there's a single thing that they can do even if they went out to get in.
4: You don't um, you don't you don't think so? I well I see I don't think that they can get in on their own accord. I think that if they finish 12 and 1 with an ACC championship, that they would need some chaotic things to happen, that they would need the Big 10 to, for all those teams to finish with two losses, which is entirely possible, or have Wisconsin win the Big 10 championship. Um or you could have You know, and and then have Oregon lose and Cincinnati lose. I think that that's a scenario to where Wake Forest can get in as well as Cincinnati. And then imagine that, like Cincinnati, Wake Forest, Georgia, and you know, and and who? Oh, oh, and Notre Dame. Imagine that. I mean, it's
5: it's certainly possible, I guess, but the astronomically improbable that Wake Forest gets consideration to be one of the top 4 teams um in all of college football even with just one loss. I would put a 2-3 loss team in front of Wake Forest if they're a better team with a better resume. If like let's say that Oregon goes 11 and 2. Like let's say they lose to Utah, turn around, beat Utah in yeah. the Pac-12 championship. I wouldn't have I wouldn't have Wake Forest ahead of Oregon, even at even at 12-1, and because I've seen both teams play. And I think you have to take that into account. But I think that head-to-heads should definitely matter. I think that they got it right with Oregon being ahead of o- Ohio State right now, but they don't have it right with Michigan being ahead of Michigan State.
4: No, that makes sense. I, see – and that's the thing that that makes me feel gas gaslit. It's not just the fact that Michigan is in front of Michigan State. It's the fact that the committee sits up there and says, "Listen, it'll all." And the ESPN talking heads, you have, um, you know, David Pollack, Herb Street, all those dudes. I like them. So, so this is no diss on them, but they are gaslighting me. When they're like, "Listen, don't worry about it, people. It'll all work itself out." Why does it need to work itself out when we, when the committee is tasked at getting it right that week? So, why do we right. have to is wait it, for no, it to work out?
5: And doesn't Michigan State play Ohio State this weekend? Yes. So, all of the defenses that they've made of Michigan State not being better than Michigan would kind of look ridiculous if Michigan State beats Ohio State, correct? Correct. So, that, I mean, the, there's a lot of leverage for this to go Ohio state's way just to not embarrass the entire committee, because there are people like us who remember the things that they say and all of the, you know, uh, kicking up dust over Michigan state, not being ranked ahead over, uh, of, of Michigan is going to be a lot more uh, relevant if Michigan state gets the win um, against Ohio state, which it's possible. You know, I I don't know if it's probable. I do think Ohio State's the better team, but if they manage to pull it off, then then how are they going to backdate justify two straight weeks? They'll, they'll say that's just it working itself out. Well, like, no, well, you, got, they, you guys had the most obvious piece of information, which is head to head.
4: Well, a- and that's where they say the committee Gary Bart, the committee chair Gary Barta, Barta, sat there in his chair last night and said, well. You know, we looked at all the statistics. Michigan's better in all the statistics. Who the F cares? Dude, if you listen to the statistics and these S&P Plus models and all of that, Oregon was a 14-point dog going to the big house and beat uh, Ohio State. Ralph, if they played today, according to the computers, guess what the point spread would, would be? Probably the same. Yes! Like how how does that mentally make sense, and and, and then and then, Chris uh, Chris Falica, the Bear, you 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 see him on College Game Day, all this stuff, smart guy, better, all of this stuff. He put out the remaining strength of schedule for the college football playoff top ten: Georgia five, Alabama one, Oregon twelve, Ohio State seven, Cincinnati forty six. Michigan 9, Michigan State 3, Notre Dame 85, Oklahoma State 10, Wake Forest 11. All right. That sounds fine until you realize that this is why I don't get down with the computer models. I do not get down with them at all because this is the type of stuff that they do. So you have. They say that Bama has the number 1 schedule. Okay, they have 7 and 3 Arkansas and 6 and 4 Auburn left. Okay, fine. That's a that's a tough schedule out out the door, right? Right. But then you have they say Georgia has the fifth toughest schedule. They have Charleston Southern who's 4 and 5 and an FCS team and and Georgia Tech who's 3 and 7. How is that possible, Ralph? And then they have Ohio State number 7 and they have Michigan State and Michigan left.
5: I don't know. I don't, just I just watch the games. Watch the game. Your computer models are fine. But when you, the most obvious thing in the world is the fact that like the, they played each other. The results are the results. Like and we're overcomplicating this. No, but bro,
4: right. we we. Why do we get so deep into the woods on these me- metrics? They're like by all the metrics they say that this team is better, but then when we get, re- but like how many times do we have to see results that bust up your metrics to like not take these things as gospel? Right.
5: Right. And this is college football, not the NFL. So it can't be like, you know, when I'm doing my power rankings for, for the NFL, I do take into account such and such was injured. So I'm not going to take this loss or that loss seriously. Um, that type of thing comes into play. But in college football, when you don't get that opportunity, when the game is the game and you just got to roll with whoever you had, then that then you you are what you did. That's yes. just who you are. But if the college football playoff committee can come in and look at Michigan State and say, "We know you beat Michigan,"
4: they're still better. They're you. still better than you. We don't yeah. care. I mean, it, it would be different if if Appalachian State upsets Michigan, right? right? Then you could say, "All right, Michigan wins that nine times out of ten, probably." Okay, they're they're still better, right? Because they have more yeah. talent, they'll win more more times. But how can you possibly say that when, yes, Michigan has a little more talent, but it ain't that big of a gap?
5: Yeah. Hey, so I'm not the biggest Big 12 fan, but explain to me how their conference championship works without having divisions. Is it just the top two teams?
4: Yes, yes, yes. The top two two teams based upon record, and then they get into tiebreakers. It goes down to point differential, all sorts of stuff. They have all sorts of tiebreakers that – that is going to happen if um, Mich- if Oklahoma State beats Oklahoma, which would actually take Oklahoma out of the Big 12 championship.
5: Assuming that Baylor wins. Correct. So if Baylor wins out and Oklahoma only loses to Oklahoma State, then Oklahoma would be taken out via
4: tiebreaker. Yes, because Baylor beat Oklahoma. Okay. Yeah. Okay.
5: So Oklahoma has to be rooting for Baylor to lose at Kansas State.
4: No, 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 no. Oklahoma just has to win. Like they control their own destiny.
5: But I'm saying that it would allow them to, even if they lost to Oklahoma State, to get Oklahoma Correct. State again the next week. Correct. Okay. Uh Oklahoma State might be a little bit overlooked here. Their defense is good. And not just Big 12 good, but like nationally
4: good. Well, why do you why do you think that? See, like this this is where we get into the name brand beauty contest thing, because Oklahoma State, they have Sanders at quarterback. He's like a 13th year senior. They have (laughs) I mean, I mean, I swear he's been there for like 50 years. And they have a bunch of tough, gritty nose guys. They don't have a ton of high recruits, but they mm-hmm. are a well-coached football team. This is what a lot of programs should aspire to be, is you're not trying to compete for a national championship every single year, but, but when you get the chance, you know, every three, four years, when, when you put together the right class, they stay in school, it works out, then, then you push the, the envelope. Like and that, so you got to be happy with nine and three, and then ten and two, and then uh, eight and four. Oh snap, twelve and one. Like, right? That's what you got to be cool, cool with.
5: I I I agree with you. I think that uh, I just I, you know we we keep hearing year after year there's nobody that plays defense in the Big Twelve, but we got one this year. You They've know, only given up. 23 points in the last three weeks. And Baylor plays
4: defense too.
5: They do. Yeah. This is going to be, it's going to be interesting finish to the season. Do you think it'll have any impact whatsoever? Even if Oklahoma state wins out, do you think it'll have any impact on the top four?
4: Hmm. Like they would have to knock people's doors off. And if they, and if they did, I could see a scenario where that happens.
5: Would they get more respect for beating Oklahoma twice, or for beating Oklahoma and then Baylor, assuming Baylor doesn't lose again?
4: Yeah, yep. Which one? Oh, um. would you if
5: you were the committee? Would you rather see them beat Oklahoma and then prove it again the next week, or beat Oklahoma and then beat Baylor, who beat Oklahoma? Because right now they're
4: ranked ninth, yeah, 11th, but they, 13th. they they already beat Baylor a couple weeks ago, too. Well, about f- six weeks ago, right. So I just it, don't know
5: which one has more value for them at this point. Which scenario?
4: Yeah, probably, uh, probably Baylor, just because they're going to be ranked higher. So I think that that gives you m- more cachet for a potential slide in if you beat a better football team. Um. All right, And
5: Notre Dame can't. Notre Dame's in that one weird position where they can't really do
4: anything because Cincinnati losing hurts them. Correct. They need all sorts of chaos to happen. I mean, like, they would have to have Cincinnati in the playoff first for them to get in, which is wild. (laughs) Correct. And then having Cincinnati and Notre Dame in?
5: But this committee, th- 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 but that's the thing, George, is that this committee is saying that like if a situation ends up where Notre Dame gets in at four and Cincinnati's out at five, even if Cincinnati's undefeated and even if they have the head to head win over Notre Dame, maybe some computer Bruh, that'll tell you wild, that will be the wildest.
4: That will be the wildest. Bro, people will go crazy. That will that will send off fights. Um, uh, speaking of fights, Sham Sharania sent out a tweet last night. And I was like, no, this, this has gotta be illegal. Gotta be illegal. The staple center in LA, one of the most iconic arenas, is being renamed from the staple center to crypto.com arena. I mean, I would have rather they called it the crypto center. The crypto.com center. Like some dude, this felt illegal. I, the Staples Center has been the Staples Center since what ninety eight or ninety nine, bro. This tw- over twenty years for naming rights. It, it's been named that so long, and it's been so long since I even stepped foot into a Staples that I for I consistently forget that it's even the name of a company. Like like it just seems like oh like Tiger Stadium, Staples Center like it. The Staples Center, now we're supposed to call it Crypto.com Arena. Bro, who's going to say that?
5: Yeah. Uh, I mean, as somebody who still calls the Phoenix Suns Arena America West, which it hasn't been for 20-some years, um, I can guarantee you people are still just going to say Staples Center. But it is funny to me that Lakers taking money from the highest bidder when it's like Wish.com and Crypto.com dude like as in I lost all my money on at crypto.com and so now I can only afford to shop at wish.com
4: bro oh oh okay so they actually changed their their Jersey name to Bing Bing Boingo or uh <laughs> I don't even know who who it is dude I mean it's it it was like when the Warriors got their Jersey sponsor from Racketton. I was like what the hell is Rakuten? And but now I know what it what it is. I I don't use it. But then when the Lakers got Wish, I was like, "Bro, is this like a charity?" Then I looked it up and saw what it was, but now um their New Jersey sponsor is, you know, I was like, "Okay, whatever, man. Whatever. It's <laughs> it's Bibingo. It's Bingo. a it's a Korean food company
5: okay are you uh a, a, does this uh change your I mean do you have brand allegiance as a Lakers fan are you gonna use crypto.com instead of your your other crypto trading platforms
4: uh absolutely not dude that's I mean I do use crypt, crypto.com I, ironically but uh because coinbase start when once coinbase decided to go public I was like nah, I'm out so um I you know I'm still a I want to be off the grid as much as possible, kind of, (laughs) kind of, kind of guy. Yeah, because you
5: see companies like uh, uh, Venmo, they just sent out that big notification that they're tracking your stuff for 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 tax purposes. So yeah, yeah, bro, don't uh, track me. (laughs) All the off the radar
4: stuff is now definitely very much on the radar. Exactly, don't track me. Track track yourself. But this feels this feels wrong, Ralph.
5: Yeah. I mean, I get it. I get it. You just, you, you you get the highest bidder. Um, You know, I know uh, how many people made fun of the Arizona Cardinals for taking on university of Phoenix as a 20 year partner. Um, When at the time it was seen as kind of a huge insult because the city of Glendale gave,
7: And then they name the
5: they name the stadium after uh, a college named after a city that the stadium's not in. <laughs> but like, you know, it but then over time you build up sort of a brand and partnership affinity, and then people forget. And then you go to change it and everybody gets confused again. So now the University of Phoenix Stadium is now State Farm Stadium, and it took people a couple of years to, you know. to to get to the point where they could. um, So it's like changing
4: the name of the Sears Tower in Chicago.
5: Right. Right. But, you know, people are going to whatever they knew it as is what they're going to continue to call it. Yeah. Um, Which is why a lot of you probably have older relatives that refuse to say the name Caitlyn Jenner.
4: Yep. It's now called the Willis Tower. I didn't, Yeah, but it's still the Sears Tower, but whatever. These
6: days, it can be hard to find and hire the right candidates for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs made it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. Create a job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 770 million people. Focus on candidates with the skills and experience you need. Use screening questions to get your role in front of only the most qualified people. Then, use the simple tools on LinkedIn Jobs to quickly filter and prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates worth interviewing faster. Did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com reach. That's linkedin.com reach to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply.
4: Alright, um, the next thing up. There was some controversy yesterday because um there was a top 10 list of singers that came out and it was an absolute troll job, bro. When, and and at first, because it was a it was a barstool bit. And when I first saw it, I was like, okay, okay good good start Whitney Houston at the top and then all of a sudden the whole list just just went to hell dude it went to hell in a handbasket I'm sorry they have M- Mariah Carey first Whitney Houston second Jojo third at first at first I was like, are they talking about Jojo si- Siwa? Why? Because <laughs> she's got that new thing that she's promoting for the kids where they're doing the um, you know, trying to make the new, the next newest pop star. But no, right. this, this is JoJo. Jojo's a fantastic singer. But top female singers of all time, get out of here. Right. Lady Gaga four, Aretha Franklin, five, Beyonce, six, Ashley. <laughs> <laughs> Ashley Simpson seven, Poor Tina Ashley Turner Simpson. eight, Adele nine, and then here comes the doozy, Addison Rae ten. <laughs> they if you they want- put Addison Rae ten just so it would trend. That was oh genius. yeah, just
5: just to make it pop off. It, it, she's the uh, she is definitely like the queen of, of of page views right now. If you include her in anything that you do, it's gonna get. Uh, it's going to get traffic. It was a joke list. The number of people that took it seriously was uh, one of those things that makes you wonder if we should even have the internet. Um, I just saw it and laughed and, and moved on, but then it triggered a million serious debates. So I figured why not? Let's, let's, let's go ahead and, and, and try to solidify an actual uh, list according to what our, our preferences are, which is tough for me because I want to be objective yeah. If it was if it was my 10 fra- favorite, it would look very different. But I want to be objective to say, like, OK, well, this is what like great vocal ability plus accomplishment. And then it's female singer. So you, some people are songwriters. Some people are adept at certain instruments. Um, you know, who do you include? And so that's what makes this whole thing super interesting to me.
4: All right. So my list is compromised is is. Comprised, compromised. <laughs> yeah, it, it might. You might think it's compromised, but it's comprised of people who have great music ability, right? Like great vocal ability. A combination of people who are have great vocal ability have put out great iconics um, music or or albums, and also like people who. Um, like who have songs that are important to me. So, all right. So what is, what is your list, Ralph?
5: Are we going, we want to, want to go uh, one, one, one by one. Yeah. We start with number 10. Yep. All right. So my number 10 uh, and a big thing that I did on my list is if I feel like there, there's somebody that also deserves to be on that list, but there's a few people in one category. I pick my favorite from that category. Okay. Um, and so my first one was from sort of like the, uh, I guess rock, um, to me, the best female, uh, rock slash folk vocalist ever is Stevie Nicks. She comes in at number 10 for me. There's a million people that are in that category along with her, but to me, she's the, she's the top, uh, of, of, of the heap. It's Stevie Nicks from
4: Fleetwood Mac. Uh, number ten for me is Lauren Hill. Lauren Hill doesn't have a lot of music, but between Sister Act and The Miseducation of Lauren Hill, which is one of the greatest R and B albums of all time, and the and the fact that whenever I watch the Lakers, my Oregon Ducks, and team teams that I love that like to get in rock fights lately, the only thing I think of it could all be so simple. <laughs> but you'd rather make it hard <laughs> So uh, Lauren Hill 10.:
5: I considered Lauren Hill. I put her in the Stevie Nicks category as part of like a an ensemble type thing. I even had I, I, I even uh, was going back and forth between Lauren Hill and Rihanna, because to me that you know that um, you could they, they fit with anything anywhere. Yeah um, uh, but I, I, I went with Nicks. I, I still think that's really good, though. I considered Lauren Hill for sure. Uh, Number nine, because you have this huge group of singers who who hit their peak before we were ever born uh, that really helped move um, the genre forward and and, um, you know, Ella Fitzgerald, Billie Holiday, all of them. But my favorite of the bunch is Etta James, um, because she she was an incredible singer, but also uh, could get extremely raspy. Um, yeah. with with her vocals and emotional.
4: And so she is my number nine. Um, My number nine <clears throat> is Pink. Pink um, is good. Yeah, because, dude, Pink has made so much good music. I mean, in the rock space, in kind of the hip-hop space, it's like she's got ballads, you know, like, you know, just give me a reason to all... I mean, like, she's got... So many damn hits and so many songs. I love it. I absolutely love it. So she's my number nine. Pink is a pink
5: is a really good choice. Um, I Very, very good. Um, my number eight is Beyonce. Um, How on earth can you have Beyonce number eight? Well, because it, it comes down to this. So uh, there was going to be somebody that was part of a group and also had a big solo career. Which there's actually a few people uh, on the and that that would fit into that category. Tina Turner would be one of them. And Tina Turner is probably my favorite female artist of all time. When I came down to it, I was like, okay, if if I'm only going to have really one from this category because I got to fit in the great greats at the top, um, it should be Beyonce over Tina Turner. So that's the best compliment that I can give her. But then people would still look at the the list and maybe see eight is too low for her. Yeah, when you're she is incredible. But when you're talking about like Revolutionary, or you know, maybe in maybe stylistically, maybe overall as an entertainer. But we're talking about singers, and so I'm keeping it mainly on vocals. And I felt like I was able to justify it because the seven people ahead of her, I feel like, are better vocalists. But like I had, I had Beyonce over Christina Aguilera. I had Beyonce over Tina Turner. So she's still elite. You had
4: Beyonce. I love Beyonce and bless bless her heart, but she's not a better singer than. Christina Aguilera. She's got one of the greatest voices of all time.
5: But then so that's when I kicked in like all right the staying power okay. and the yeah, cultural yeah. relevance and, and and everything like that but Beyonce still got an incredible voice although I do all the time think about that one um what good morning america thing that got manipulated where people thought that she her voice was actually terrible Yeah that clip is and it's manipulated but it is one of the funniest things in the history of the internet if you get a chance to ever look that up uh, Beyonce's uh, GMA vocals isolated
4: so funny all right. Who else you got? Uh you can do your number 8? Oh, my my number 8 is Anita Baker. Uh because my mom used to listen to it so much with all my heart and you baby. It's just good easy listening, timeless. She's now on on Apple uh on Apple Music. Dude, yes, she's my number 8.
5: Right on. Uh, this next one was, um, it, it is in place of Lady Gaga because Lady Gaga is cool and everything and her vocals are crazy, but somebody did all this before her and it was Andy Lennox. Andy Lennox was part of uh, um, the Eurythmics and then her solo career is crazy. She's maybe the best uh, white. Soul singer of all time, um, probably England's most famous export as far as female uh, s- singers. She's just incredible. That "Sweet Dreams Are Made of These" is one of my, you know, the best things ever. And uh, "No More I Love You" like she she doesn't have a ton of like super big hits in in America, but she t- has to me like just vocally the coolest voice
4: in the world. I love Annie Lennox. She's my number seven. My number seven is Alanis Morissette. And this one wasn't Ayo. just pure, pure on vocals. This is because Jagged Little Pill was like my first introduction to like music, like like, like that. I was in ninth grade. I was at yeah, the cassette, huh? No, no
5: yeah, the... CD. Oh God,
4: dang. Yeah, had had the CD. Nine years old. Whoa, it's paying what? No, no, bucks no, 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 no. In in ninth grade. Oh, ninth grade. Okay. Yeah. So, and um, that's when Jagged Little Pill came out. And isn't it ironic? Don't you think that that album had a super underrated tune on it? That was never a hit. I think it
5: was called not the doctor. Yeah. Good. That, that that's a good album, man.
4: Yep. All right. Uh, where, where are you at? Number six,
5: number six, Adele self-explanatory. She just can, she can do it all. She's not the first to do it all, but she can do it all. And so to me, she belongs within the conversation, uh, uh, but she's, she's in the goat conversation, but not the
4: goat. Yeah, and my number six is Rihanna because, like, she's not the best vocalist of all time, but her staying power, her relevance, her influence, and she makes good music. I mean, that song, Stay, is amazing. It's one of my favorite, probably 20 favorite, one of my all-time 20 favorite female songs by by female vocalists. Um, Obviously, dude, I've been listening to her since – uh, Mr. DJ gone pawn de replay like when she was innocent, Rihanna, and uh, she ain't like that no more. But, uh, but Rihanna to me is like billionaire, salt. bro. Just she's doing it.
5: To me, Rihanna's like salt. Put it on pretty much anything, make anything better. Uh, you can live without it, but it will make pretty much everything better. Yeah. I considered it. I considered and you it. Can't for-
4: get too much of it too. It's true. <laughs> like if it's you O D on it, then you're like, eh. All right. <laughs> What's your number five? Celine Dion.
5: Um, not necessarily Celine Dion fan, but I get it. Um For all those times you <laughs> step on me.
4: I love Celine Dion, dude.
5: It's it straight up vocals, like just straight up vocals. Just yeah. vocals. She's probably top three. She's incredible, and it comes out of like a 90-pound frame. It's nuts. Um, Yeah, she my number five.
4: Okay, my number five is Jennifer Hudson. And that's because this is purely off of voice. Her voice is amazing. She's a powerhouse. She's a triple threat. She's, dude, this woman... Like I could listen to her sing any of these other people's songs that we named and they would I might think that the cover could be better. OK, so, so I mean, like she can cover Whitney, she can cover Beyonce, she can do her own songs. bro. she's she's got something amazing going.
5: And she I, I considered her as well uh, because there's that whole category of people who can sing and act. Um, you know, Barbara Streisand is in that. Uh, is in that category as well um but it you know it's tough because there's only so many spots so my number four is Aretha um as far as like powerhouse vocalists I don't know if it gets much better than her. you can make an argument maybe even for for number one um for Aretha Franklin she just is a superstar and brings energy and flash and like pizzazz and, and, you know, with the outfit changes and everything, even to this day. Um, but just, I mean, unmistakable voice and, yeah. and probably legitimately the best to ever do it as a performer. Um, man, uh, Tina Turner's up there too. Um, uh, maybe Beyonce, but like it, it it's, um, I, I think Aretha definitely deserves to be top four for sure.
4: All right. Um, And uh, my number four, this is kind of weird, right? Because I wanted to put Celine Dion here, but I didn't. She's not even on my list, but I do acknowledge that she deserves to be on it for her accomplishment, for her songs. I love Celine Dion listening to her music, but I put Dolly Parton here. Hell yeah. (laughs) And the reason why I put Dolly Parton here is less about her music, her actual own music, than the fact that she wrote songs that pretty much all of these women have sung. Like, so, yeah. yeah, So, like, her, like, this is like a lifetime achievement award. And because she literally has written some, or at least co written some of these people's biggest songs that are on this list, on mine and and yours. I got goosebumps right now just thinking about Jolene. That's an incredible.
5: Jolie, that's incredible,
2: Jolie.
5: I hope the right. people that are watching the actual like live broadcast of this are enjoying just staring at the bar stool list for thirty minutes. Oh my god, bro! What? Are,
4: <laughs> why didn't you <laughs> tell me? Good job, Ralph. Thanks a lot. Because I
5: I have like eight other tabs pulled up to look up factoids on different female
4: singers, so I just clicked back over and I was like, oh, that's still up. Mm. All right. Okay. Where's your number three?
5: Uh, My number three, and this is where we get into uh, tough territory here. Um, It's Mariah. It's, uh, I mean, the whole like high, low octaves, runs, dominating the 90s, switching up her style, anything that a lot of these people have tried to do, she's already done. Um, She owns Christmas. She owns literally owns
4: Christmas. (laughs) She, she owns Christmas. She owns funerals. What she owns. Like what song does she own for funerals?
5: Oh, come on, man. One sweet day.
4: (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah.
5: That made me cry just talking about it. But like, uh, she also has, um, she just had a million hits in the nineties and she's kind of like floated up. nah not floated on reputation is maybe not the right way, but she dominated, she dominated her era. She doesn't need to do anything else. Uh, the, the fantasy, that album dropping was, yeah. I mean, that was huge. That was, that was enormous. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, it, it's, it, she could easily be to me, number one. Um, but just, pure ability at the at the peak of what she could do, I don't know if there's ever been anybody better.
4: Yeah, dude, she is definitely up there. Um, my number three, this is another split because M- Mariah deserved to be on there, but Adele, Adele, being a little bit of a prisoner of the moment, and I can listen to her for, at this point in time, cover to cover cover to cover every album me my kids all the way up from 2 all the way up to 21 listen to it all together nobody has to switch the music so yeah
5: okay uh what about so we just we're, we're going to go number 2 here yep. uh this is probably going to be my most controversial one i don't care country music deserves to be represented it is the uh it is one of the oldest forms of popular music in american culture and so you have to figure okay who is the best female country and western vocalist ever um when it's just pure vocals like dolly Parton's great but it, it's not going to be her you have absolute powerhouses like martina mcbride um and you know there, there's plenty of people there's plenty of people faith you, hills a
4: big time
5: faith hill is big time or you could go with the ogs you know like uh um Patsy Cline and yep. and, and, uh, and stuff like that. But to me, uh, if you're just going to say singer, somebody who can, who essentially I think does, could do what anybody in country has ever done, maybe even better than them is Carrie Underwood. Oh my God,
4: dude. Her voice is like,
5: and if you, if you want proof, if you're going to get mad that I said Carrie Underwood at number two, what you need to do is you need to go to YouTube and you need to Google how great there thou art Vince Gill. You need to Google How Great Thou Art, Vince Gill, and witness what might be the best live vocal performance ever in yeah, any genre. Dude, she's, ever.
4: Dude, she's a powerhouse. Um, my number two is Beyonce from Houston, Texas. From Texas, baby, where we get hectic, baby. Yeah, so there's no under, like her cultural impact, the amount of albums that she sold. She's so relevant in so many areas, so yeah beyonce's my number two,
5: yeah, I mean, she changed the meaning of surfboard, so surfboard <laughs> surfboard all right, number one's number one, I mean it shouldn't be controversial. it's Whitney Houston and, uh... yeah. i didn't,
4: yeah. i didn't I didn't finish that note right
5: <laughs> You tried um. No, what what can you? I can't say anything bad about Whitney Houston. No, like she she was uh, the best, the absolute best, and and the fact that like being that good could still convert into like mass pop appeal. Yeah, is pretty wild. Yep. Um, because I'm sure that we we've never even heard of the the top fifty female vocalists ever. They could be living in some village in Finland, and we'd never even know, you know, who who they are. Yep. Or they could be in a they could be uh, like C.C. Winans or something, in, in a genre of music that doesn't necessarily have correct, you know, ma- mass appeal. But she appealed to everyone and yep. could do anything, and uh,
4: was awesome. She was awesome. Yep. So uh, those are our top 10 female singers.
5: Well, who's your number one? Whitney, Whitney Houston. Okay, I'm just making yeah. sure because yeah. you had no Celine, no Mariah, not even in
4: the top 10. So I'm just making sure oh, okay. that you you at least had that Whitney I, Houston in That I, that in I, that top I didn't 10. Put, put, put like Sarah Borales as number one. I want to write you a love song because you <laughs> asked for it because you <laughs> need <laughs> one.
5: No, I would more expect you to be like, look, uh, Vanessa Carlton, because White Chicks is my favorite movie. Uh, <laughs> make my
4: way downtown. Yeah.
5: <laughs> who just missed you?
4: I want to miss you.
5: Who finished on the outside looking in?
4: Sarah Bareilles.
5: <laughs> Are you serious? Because
4: that's one of my favorite <laughs> songs, dude. I I love that damn song.
5: That's hilarious. Mine is. Uh, uh, I got yelled at by my wife for not having Karen Carpenter on here, um, but India Re. India Ari, to me is one of the best singers of all time. Mm. Look up uh, "Ready for Love."
4: No, no, no. I'm ready. I, oh I, I my know, gosh! Dude, I'm, a, I'm a huge India. Don't uh, fin- Ari don't finish. finish. I'll fall in love with you, George. Oh, oh! I definitely. Yeah, they can't sing that song. <laughs> Um yeah, so dude, I I I think she's a f- fabulous singer. I mean, and then when you get to some of the older singers, love a ton of them as well, like Ada James, you put her on there, love so many of those as well. Uh but those are our top 10 singers. Now, here is something a little more controversial. Because uh the Kyle Rittenhouse trial is in jury deliberations and I was asked by a friend. He was like, "George, I think you're a smart guy. You always have intelligent things to say about things." I was like, "Thank you, man. I appreciate it." And so I knew that something something was was coming. This is a Jewish man. We uh, we uh, talk. He's a lawyer, and he's putting
5: he's covering you in butter before he threw you in the pan.
4: All right. So I was like, "Okay, what's up, man?" He was like, "Okay, can you please explain to me?" why LeBron James and so many other black people care about this Kyle Rittenhouse trial so much? Like, why is it such a big deal? And I was like, "Well, oh, no, no, He He said, why is it such a big deal to LeBron and to other celebrities? And I was, and my response was, because it's a big deal to black people in general. He was like, but why? Said, okay, Here is the truth is that the first thing is black people believe that if Kyle Rittenhouse were black and he were walking around with an assault rifle in the middle of a protest of white people or any other people that he would have been stopped by the police asked questions or like that. It wouldn't have even gotten to where it got to first thing is, and the second thing is is that he would not be defended by so many people who are like, oh, he's just a kid and this, and all, all of this bull. And so it's the frustration in the inequity in the system that makes black people so interested in it. And then the fact that <clears throat> you can get up there and give crocodile tears and, and the fact this, this kid's mother drove him across state lines and the inevitable result happened. Why did she drive him across there, Ralph? Why?
5: That's a great question. That's a great question. What, what did she what, think
4: was going to happen? Right. Right what the 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 purpose of them going there was what happened and so the idea though it was certainly at least to engage in 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 the process
5: of protest and counter protest
4: yes yes but when you show up with a weapon that usually escalates things and and yes he did get hit with a skateboard all of that stuff But the and the 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 kid with the the, uh, guy with the gun that he uh, shot, Okay, you can you can say, okay, I felt for my life, blah, blah, blah. But then the other things he would not have been treated like this if he were black. And that's why black people are so interested in it, because it's it just feels so unfair in the situation because there was intent why he went there. There was intent with the mother. And
5: it's such a self-defeating circular argument too. You could say he shot someone who had a gun because he felt like he was in fear for his life. Therefore that person getting shot is not only justifiable, but understandable. So then what you're saying is him showing up with a gun could have got him killed and it would be not only justifiable, but
4: understandable. Yes, exactly. Because had he got killed, somebody hitting he would have been a martyr.
5: Right. But which means somebody hitting you with the skateboard is not only justifiable, but understandable. Bingo, and that's why I haven't really said too much about this because the whole thing seems to me like everybody was there and seemed to be about that. Actually, if you show up to a place with a gun, you are what, what do what, what do gun safety advocates, Second Amendment advocates, say about carrying a gun? Like if uh, you're the, gonna if it, you're gonna carry it, you better be ready to use it. Correct. Correct. And they mean like correctly and safely and yeah and yada yada yada. But like the mindset is, if you're out there with a long gun, you're probably there to to get yours. I mean, it's it. it why go drive there with a gun? Why? Yep. And so I I don't know. I, this whole thing has been super perplexing to me, but it is interesting that you bring up the conversation of why this matters so much to uh, not only black people, but conservatives Yeah, seem to have a, are heavily invested in this. Why yeah. we, if this was a black sides. kid with would,
4: would, would they have dumped so much money into his defense.
5: If he was conservative.
4: Yes. I don't know. We, 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 we know the answer to that. Um, but, right.
5: uh, but uh, you, you, there's, there's been quite a bit of tokenism of like, yeah. hey, if we, if we could get, it, you know, if we could put our money behind uh, a, a black Second Amendment advocate, I, I don't know, man. The whole thing is just, uh, you. Would,
1: I'm a gun would, owner, so I'm.
7: Terms and conditions apply. A
4: second amendment person, but I under, but I understand at the same time that while I want my guns, I actually have more fun with, with, with my guns than I, than I do think I need it for defense. If that makes sense, like going out, shooting, learning how to shoot, shooting at targets, moving things, all of that stuff for like sport. But the idea, though, that I need it for protection, like, yeah, that's that's there. But I think that that's probably the least likely option for me needing or wanting to have firearms.
5: But if you saw that, if you saw that 10 miles away, there was a bunch of like outdoor hullabaloo going on over, you know, uh, social and economic issues. And you told your wife, like, hey, drive me down there. Let me get my gun. Drive me down there. And then you came back with a couple of scalps, like you're, you're probably going to get in deep shit. Like I I just, I Antonio Pierce almost went to jail for driving Plaxico Burris to the hospital after he accidentally shot himself in a club and Plaxico Burris did jail time. Yeah. And we're talking about, kyle rittenhouse potentially being a hero and his mom not getting in any trouble whatsoever
4: bro it
5: it seems like there's a huge disconnect here and i want to understand it but for the most part i don't want to try to get too i I don't i don't want to have my emotions about this country dictated over a trial that a ton of media was put behind when there are uh, hundreds of people on trial for other stuff that that don't even belong on trial right now all across the country. And it just, it's weird that we pick these cultural totems to like everybody choose your side. And, you know, and when we have no control over the outcome and when we probably know what the outcome is anyway.
4: Yep, Exactly.
0: Hey, pet parents. Have you heard of Just Food for Dogs? Since 2010, we've been helping dogs everywhere live healthier, longer lives through the power of fresh, whole food nutrition. Our meals are formulated by an in-house team of veterinarians, and we only use human-grade meats and veggies with zero preservatives. After transitioning to Just Food for Dogs, pet parents report seeing more energy, firmer stools, improved health, and even longer lives. Give us two weeks and will change your dog's life forever. Visit JustFoodForDogs.com slash mobile and save 10% on your first purchase.
4: All right, now it is time for the best of social media, where we literally show you the best things from social media. Now, no.
1: No. No. here's the best of social media.
4: A uh, First thing up uh, is, speaking of conservative media, Laura Ingram had a guest on, and they, got, they had a confusing... Uh, interaction, the politics,
6: and all those woke storylines in so many shows today. You know, I was watching an episode of uh, You where measles came up. Wait, wait, wait. It, when it, did it, I was... mention measles? I don't know. It was on You. Wait, what? 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 What was on me? What are you talking about? Right? What the, is the everyone even hearing what I'm saying? I never had the measles. What's on You? We never did a. a... <laughs> We never did a measles and vaccine episode. I, is this a joke? I, know. I don't even know what w- you're talking about. It was on you. It was on you. I've never had, Raymond, I've never had measles. What are you talking about? This is stupid. It was an episode of a show, Laura. W- what's it called? You. What is you. Talking about? It's called you. I've never done a show on measles. I, I just completely give up. We gotta get it's out. It's a show I, I give up. called you on Netflix. There's a show called Laura of on Netflix. You Never mind. About? I'm moving on to Adele. I can't explain this What's to you. The pop about? singer. <laughs>
7: Bro,
4: that can't be real. Is that real? Bro, Laura Ingram isn't the type to do bits like that.
5: That's an incre- if that's a bit. That's an incredible bit.
4: Yes, that that was a top tier acting job. If that's a bit, but that's not a bit. I don't think that's a bit. They're so I just looked it up. It says I watch you. So I got it. <laughs> but it's I guess,
5: I guess it. They're saying that that guy uh, Raymond Arroyo that she was talking to, um, that it might be. I don't know. I if if it was a bit. If if it was a bit. Bravo.
4: Yes, bravo. <laughs> they it really was-
5: pulled that shit off. That was that was. I mean it. And I know that you can't say that someone who people think is disgusting for a million different reasons is objectively funny for something that they did. But if it was a bit, that was pretty funny.
4: Yeah. Um, Now, staying in that lane, uh, my pillow guy uh, is interviewing Donald Trump. And this is very confusing. First of all, Mike Lindell just tries to suck him off the whole time. But... (laughs) Why is Donald Trump
1: wearing a tuxedo? Strong military, Mm -hmm. great education for our children, a nice house to live in. Uh, You know, it's so basic. Common sense, common sense things, and and they fight us. It's uh...
4: why is he wearing a tuxedo?
5: Ah, there is that new Home Alone sequel. Maybe he was doing a uh, some reshoots or something. I don't
4: know, bro. I was like, I won't be watching that interview. Um, I think that, that that's where he belongs. Yo! Oh, one, with one, with with the interviews with my pillow guy, they're both product talkers. Yeah, I just don't one understand. Of them, like, one of them what, got to be president, but is like, Donald Trump trying to just re- remain relevant since he can't be on social media, or is he like?
5: Well, Donald Trump's relevant. Donald Trump. Well, I, to him, I, I I don't know his mindset. He he seems to be back to acting the way he was for decades before he was ever president, which is taking any opportunity to talk to anyone about any subject but like i don't know that th- those two together just make sense to me mike lindell is what donald trump wants to be and yes. donald trump is what mike lindell wants to be mike lindell is a successful businessman like uh, and that's
4: he, what donald trump really wants to be when he grows that's up.
5: that's what he wanted to be a trump water trump steaks all you know almost everything outside of his his hotels, absolutely. And Mike Lindell wants the, the the political clout of, you know, so it's a it's a mutually beneficial relationship. And they're like, Mike Lindell's like one of those birds that picks the alligator's teeth.
4: Yeah. <laughs> and then he gets bit. All right. Um, all right. You guys, that is Reister or Wrong for the day. I'm George Reister. He's Ralph Amsden leave a five-star rating. Tell a friend. Peace out. Catch you guys on Friday.
3: If you work in IT, you'll want to check out Changemakers, a podcast profiling IT industry leaders. We dive deep into IT profiles and learn what it takes to drive large-scale IT transformations for successful businesses. Visit changemakers.freshworks.com. If you work in IT, you'll want to check out Changemakers, a podcast profiling IT industry leaders. We dive deep into IT profiles and learn what it takes to drive large-scale IT transformations for successful businesses. Visit changemakers.freshworks.com.
5: Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts.
7: If you dare.
1: Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Spentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids, Bob Kids, Megan Trainer, Bissell Fuma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit livenation.com slash concertweek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh,
0: and two-door cinema club. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say.